to the XYZ Podcast, where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. I'm Eco. I'm the Y. And I'm Zach. I'm the Z. Today, Today our X Factor is Rebecca Schramm. Rebecca is a Chicago-based actor, a comedian, improviser. And she's our friend. Uh, I think we met in level one. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yes, yes. We definitely met in level one. Yeah. I, don't know, Zach, when did you all meet? Level, Level three? three? That sounds yeah. right, maybe. Okay. I don't know. We all, we all met the, at I.O., uh, all yeah. kind of similar to uh, uh, Liz, who was a guest before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of how you meet people when you move to Chicago, <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is, is through uh, taking classes or through work. And yeah. for uh, a lot of improvisers... Well, improv is at work because um, nobody makes any money. Right. Um, yeah. But it's it's a fun way to meet people who like what you like and do what you do and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's been lovely, you know, uh, meeting everybody. For me, I, I didn't really get into any communities like before improv. Really, improv like also was the genesis for me to get into like the music community here in Chicago. So like now I know how to do that. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, damn. It all came together for It all came together. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, when I started IO, like, that level one was pretty influential for that because I went out to, um, I think, a Spencer's event, uh, Dope Lit. And, like, for some reason, it clicked in me that I should, like, keep on doing music. And then, like, it led me down a path of, like, looking at online lessons and then eventually finding jams in the city. Wow. I hung out with no one in my level one class. But, like, my level two class was really cool. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. Funny. yeah. Mary Kate's class is awesome. Hell yeah! I uh, uh, I missed the first two classes of my my level yes, one because I I, oh, yeah. I was finishing up a show in South Carolina, and so I was really nervous that like everybody would already have their friends and stuff. And I was really just moving to Chicago blind. I knew like maybe two people, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but you know, there's not really an improv or performance scene at all in the Carolinas. I mean, there is, I'm sorry. No, there, there definitely is, but it's, um, as Chicago sort of felt like a step to sort of maybe become a working actor and make yeah. a little money and that sort of thing. But everybody in the level one is really nice. Um, yeah. and like the day of my first class, I think we went out and did karaoke and that sort of thing. <laughs> I think, yeah. And cause people were like, do you want to come? you don't know us, but you can come. And I was so <laughs> desperate for friends that I was like, yes, please. Oh my God. I got an invite. Please, please like me. Uh, but yeah. And, and away it. we went. Mm-hmm. History by now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a weird amount of people in like, who do improv in the city who are from North Carolina originally. That's where you're from, right? Uh, yeah. I'm from North Carolina yeah. originally. Uh, there are actually, cause, uh, uh, I met uh, a bunch of them, and and, and I've been seeing like uh, right now this sort of I guess date this podcast. Uh, Hurricane Florence it hasn't hit the Carolinas yet, but like that's all my newsfeed has been. Yeah, is is people sort of preparing for that? It's actually gone down to a category three, so I don't think it's going to be as oh, bad. That's, as people that's, that's good. That's so good. that's sort of that's some good some good news. That's yeah. Really good. I heard a really stressful podcast that was like revisiting the. What is it, Harvey from last year? I was like listening to the Daily this morning, and they were basically just going over how I think someone died, like one person specific experience. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's uh, it, it 
category three and yeah, we're it, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there will definitely be some flooding, um, yeah. but it seems like everybody's taking the necessary precautions uh, and that, that sort of thing. Uh, so we don't have to talk about the hurricane. Yeah, I don't know. This will probably come out in like three weeks and everyone, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully in three weeks, everyone will have forgotten about this. Yeah. yeah. That is the hope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I also noticed, I mean, I know I um, met a couple of Virginia-based people or people I had done improv in Virginia, um, like through my musical improv class. They, I don't remember the name. Oh, you've met some people from Virginia. Yeah. That's other real. Than, yeah, I mean, other than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn straight, the mid-Atlantic, I guess, region repping itself in the improv community. Yeah, yeah. well, there was, like, um, if Raleigh, I think, was sort of one of the improv hubs for a while. Um, there was this festival they did every year. Uh, they don't do it anymore. Um, I don't think, anyways, called the North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that was, like, my college's big uh like exciting thing that our improv group did and we even like yeah. uh one of our uh our members even convinced the school to like give us money to go to it because it like helped train improv helped train people to uh you know communicate better and in, in a workplace and we had like some nursing students say that it helped them with their bedside manner so that huh. uh the, the school gave us a bunch of money to go to this comedy arts festival and really, I mean, it, it was just for us to have fun and learn about improv and see other colleges. And But I know some uh, some other people in the community here also went to it at the same time I did, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of like a fun cultural touchstone there. Oh, very cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So like you were able, yeah, you met them later when you were here. Yes, when I was yeah, here, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um I don't want to like dox anyone or like name anyone, <laughs> uh, but uh, just no. Like, give us a complete list and their home addresses, their uh, phone numbers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and we're just gonna and um, I don't know talk to them incessantly because our reach is massive. Right? Oh yeah, our yeah, we have a million fans, and they all want to call and ask those people about cookout because that's what I want, want to talk to people whenever they're from North Carolina about cookout <laughs> about cookout. I, I think- have a weird obsession with cookout. Uh, I, I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking a lot more about Chick Fil A than I have Cookout. Oh. I know well, there I, is a Chick Fil A. I know, in the but it's in the loop. <laughs> so uh, that's true. For those not in the Chicago area listening, uh, the loop is the downtown area. Yeah. It's yeah. in a loop. It's in the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the train makes a loop around it, and yeah. uh, most of us do not live in the loop. Uh, so getting to Chick Fil A. It's a hike. I Wait, is that really, the only one in the Chicago metro? I think so. There, I think there's another one closer to the Burbs. Uh, uh, it is right off the red line, so I've definitely had nights where I've just really craved it. And I live right next to the red line, and I took like a 30-minute train ride just to get it. Damn. I also work near there, so sometimes after work. It's not close enough for like lunch. but I've been like slowly making a list of... Uh, because I have to go home eventually at some point um, yeah. to visit my family. Uh, yeah. But just, like, making a list of all the food that I really want and, like, uh, just to revisit. I always just go to the same places, and some of them are, are really, really gross. Um, <laughs> shout out to Beezers, which is just, like, a a sandwich shop similar to, like, Jimmy John's. Yeah. It's in Columbia, South Carolina. It's, it's a weird name. It's, it's, it's literally... Uh, it was a really big deal in college mm. because... 
it delivered, which means nothing to people here because everywhere it delivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would deliver until 2 a.m. And it was amazing. Ooh. And it was just like the perfect. I always covet the uh, the best hangover sandwich yeah. because yeah. it had protein, but it didn't have a whole lot of flavor in it. <laughs> so when you're hungover, you can still eat it and it doesn't make you want to throw up more. Oh, man. Um, I have uh, rep Love you. Miss you. <laughs> we had a sandwich place on my college uh, campus that was just the only place open 24-7. So everyone went there all the time. And it was great for hangovers. And it was also great at 3 a.m. when you were really drunk and needed some food. And it was just Wawa's, which is like a lot of places on the East Coast. But it was great. It was, great. It was no Beezers. We didn't have anything like small and like unique to us because we just had uh we had a subways that was maybe like half a mile to a mile away and a corner bakery that was i don't know those are everywhere man yeah Yeah. it was a little little bit further there was like a carl's jr it was just like you know standard fast food or semi-fast food there was nothing like unique to it but you know that's that's what it was in pasadena california yeah all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to pull up the list of like topics you brought to us because I kind of wanted to reality TV is the first. One. Oh yeah. Oh reality TV. Yeah. And you have thoughts. Yeah. You I have, have thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so first off, the background is that you haven't ever seen reality TV. I I mean so, obviously I've seen a little right, bit right. of reality TV like here and there because, but because never like yeah. sat down and watched. Yeah. So. Yeah. Essentially, I'm living what I'm calling the freelance life, mm-hmm. which is where I sit in my house and I edit photos uh, while uh, the TV is on. So yeah. I've consumed in the past like month 12 cycles of America's Next Top Model and four seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, the only reality TV I'd ever watched was RuPaul's Drag Race, which barely counts as reality show because it is the perfect epitome of television uh, in our day and age. I have never seen it, but I feel like everyone I know who watches it is obsessed with it. Because it's... it's very it's strong, positive feeling. Well, I mean, obviously it is a it is a reality show and I don't know mm-hmm. what goes on um, behind the scenes, behind the scenes or whatever, yeah. but it, it is one of those shows that feels very full of heart. Uh, like, Especially when the show first started. It's on season 11 now, and they also have a couple all-star seasons. Uh, but in the earlier seasons, it's really, like, people... I mean, obviously, the LGBT community is still a marginalized mm-hmm. community, but it's a lot more mainstream now. Yeah. Um, and uh, drag queens are, are definitely a lot more respected than they than they used to be. Um, and in the earlier seasons, it's really people who gave up everything to be there. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And the competition means so much to them. And they're all, unlike America's Next Top Model, where it's, like, all these 18-year-olds, and they do crafts and stuff, and Tyra is, like, I believed in you, but in, in RuPaul's Drag Race, it's really, it's really people at the top of their craft who really mm-hmm. work so hard, and it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. so beautiful to see, uh, and they're all just so passionate about it. I have a really dumb question about reality TV, and I don't watch any reality TV, so... What, just, what's your, wanna, what's, what, like, okay. let's, let's just say what we, where we all are with reality TV. So I mean, like, I've seen a couple episodes of The Amazing Race right. with my mom when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, uh, just like, I don't know, I watch, like, the Joel McHale shows where he does, uh, what is it, the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale and The Soup, where he generally commentates on reality TV. But my quick question was, a season of reality TV, is that, like, 
there's like one a year, right? right? It, it depends on the show. <laughs> so okay. you, uh, America's Next Top Model calls them cycles uh, okay. because they often do them two a year. I see. Okay. Uh, That's but, why I was confused. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but Drag Race has typically been one a year, although mm. they were just bought by VH1, so I think they might be revving it up to more than that is mm. what it seems like because as soon as they were bought by VH1, they like cranked out two more all-star seasons and um, like immediately after uh, season 10 so that was a really big deal for for us uh but yeah no it depends it depends on the show it's just like like the number of episodes in a season for a tv show varies based on the show or what network it's on um especially like the netflix blow there are less episodes in a season nowadays Mm -hmm. but Depending on if it's Orange is the New Black, it could be 90 minutes per episode. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's a similar amount of content, even though they're, it's packaged differently, right. which is also, I feel, an interesting topic. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because, the way yeah. TV shows are packaged now. And then the cuts, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you watch older shows um, on Netflix, right, like like Cheers or Friends or, or like, some of the Star Treks or whatever, they have cuts where it's, like, suspenseful moment. And it's like commercial, you know. Then you're like, you have like five minutes, whatever it is, two, three minutes, five minutes to be like, what the hell? Yeah. But then, like, when you watch it online, it's like, oh yeah, tension relieved, done. And same for like, like this cliffhangers at the end of seasons. It's the same thing where, like, um, like I remember, for me, it was like the the one that stuck in my head was like the best of both worlds for Star Trek, and it's like it ends on a cliffhanger, and it's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? But then you watch it on Netflix, and then and like basically two minutes later, you're like, okay, next episode, okay, this is what happens, and it's like totally that's literally out. how I watch that, where it's like, right. oh, the worst thing ever just happened, and then the next episode, it's like, nope, oh, okay, I guess they, they fix it all <laughs> thirty minutes later, and whereas like back in the day, it used to be you'd just be on the edge of your seat for like a year, and you're just so excited for the next episode, you, you would still be disappointed, like when it comes back, and it's like, oh, okay, tension relieved, but. Um, the world hasn't changed. Yeah, but it's like, you have, yeah, have that build up. Yeah. And now you just don't. So. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, media is, is slowly being written to be consumed differently. Yes. I mean, we already know this. This is because yeah. bitch, bitch culture is real. But even like, even some streaming platforms are releasing stuff weekly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. Is something that on Net- that Netflix does for sure. They do that weekly, and I know yeah. Hulu does that with a lot of their shows. Because I think, uh, I think a lot of networks and, and streaming platforms are are realizing that that it's a more. Uh, it seems it seems anyways. I'm not a marketing mm-hmm. genius or anything, but it seems like a more effective way to keep people at least engaged around yeah. an idea or a topic because I. If you uh, binge something all at once, you're probably going to forget it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, just yeah. because of how our, our memory works. Yeah. And that's, um, if we look at the, you know, creators of 30 Rock and uh, versus Kimmy Schmidt, it, that's that's a really, a really clear example of, because 30 Rock is so tight. Yeah. You know, it's 22 minutes, uh, all the, like, every line is a joke. But, oh, yeah. But Kimmy... Kimmy got a little bit of that, a little bit of that bloat in, and it sort of lost direction. And um, I don't know if you've watched the most recent season, but they're releasing it in two in two segments. Oh. They released their first part, um, and I've noticed that Netflix did that with, and this is a very weird mention, but Voltron is they like split up the seasons. 
Uh, but uh, I was actually going to say I didn't see the newest season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, in part because binge culture, you forget what happened in the last four seasons, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, oh, I got to rewatch all the other seasons so I can remember what happened, which yeah. is a problem with me in a lot of these Netflix shows, what I'm finding, is I'll watch them all at once, and then I, the new season comes out, and I don't want to watch it because I already I have I a shitty forget. memory. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... A spoiler alert for Bojack Horseman. You'll know it's safe when we uh, say spoilers a lot as we talk about editing this. Um, you'll want to fast forward about 45 seconds from now. Yeah, because the new season of Bojack is coming out. Um, yeah. And I tried to, I tried to rewatch uh, the other seasons, but I got too sad. <laughs> and I, could, <laughs> I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't finish it because it's just like, especially in the latest season that came yeah. out, it's... Um, Something real sad happens near the end. Uh-huh. If you're calling correctly. And the yeah, the episode about his um uh it was either his mom or his grandma. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. lobotomy deal. That was a whole big thing. Oh sorry, I just spoiler yeah. alert, hold on, Spo- cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler oh, Nobody- spoiler alert, that's gonna get edited back. Spoiler Spoiler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we, we could just cover. like edit in the word spoiler, spoiler alert for Bojack Horseman. Yeah, we could probably know. get some ridiculous sample or whatever. And have spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, I think, now that I think about it, I probably will. Yeah, like yeah. a ridiculous sample. Or spoiler. you could just edit you one of us saying the word spoiler alert right now. Yeah. And then just put that, like, or you have Yeah. Layered. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, anyways, I sort of uh, lost my train of thought there, but it's oh, just like sorry we rail about that. <laughs> no, I it's because um, we were even talking about uh, re- reality TV and yeah. sort of how they're how they're framed. But in reality TV, is just such an all encompassing I- idea of so many different kinds of shows because there's mm-hmm. the the competition shows right yeah, where yeah. somebody gets eliminated each week. But then there's like keeping up with the Kardashians, where it just follows their life. Yeah. Life, yeah. Um, I feel like that's one that be- has become really like a lot bigger. Yes. Uh, especially with like keeping up with Kardashians and Jersey Shore was Jersey kind of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. like uh, the, the reality shows I've seen like enough of to have the like a flavor of is like I think I watched like one season of The Bachelor. I don't, I don't even remember what, like why, but I think like one episode I was like, this is really like a train wreck that I just can't take my eyes off, so then I rebinged from the beginning of that season. Then the other thing, I, I think I've, uh, I think I've seen the first two seasons of Jersey Shore, basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, like, yeah, that's the extent of um, reality TV that I'm, I'm qualified to talk about. Oh, it was The Bachelorette, not The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely, in high school, I occasionally had friends who would watch these shows. Yeah. So, like, I watched a few episodes of Jersey Shore because I had friends. I, I love these people, but also... They were all, we were all very bro in high school, and we all watched Jersey Shore, and very ironically, I use in quotes, where, like, we would talk like them sometimes. Um, and also, I had, like, a girlfriend at the time who was into The Bachelorette, and I got into it because of that. I forgot everything that happened, but I remembered that we were rooting for, oh, no, it was The Bachelor, and we were rooting for one specific lady, and I forgot who it was. But then the worst one won, is what happened. The one that we were like rooting against, uh-huh. yeah, I don't remember it very well. We <laughs> <laughs> derailed again. So, yeah, okay, no, so yeah. what was the um? Okay, so yeah, what were you um saying before? Oh, uh, just uh, I think reality TV and that sort of like culture of media in general gets a really bad rap because people are like, oh, it's trash, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. The sure. Kardashians have no talent, blah blah blah. But I would. 
argue that they definitely do. They've got yeah. like a very they've definitely got like a marketing and just an no. idea of how to market themselves. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and in that way right? they are they are geniuses. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like and I, I really hate the idea of like trash and garbage mm-hmm. it, as a way to describe certain types of media because mm-hmm. all, all media essentially has value and there's yeah. no point in in putting people down especially media like that like reality tv is really media that could be arguably marketed specifically to women mm-hmm. and if something is marketed to women our culture has an affinity to really uh, make make fun of that and and and, de- and devalue those things yeah. just like pumpkin spice lattes are back so everybody's like right. basic basic, basic yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's like why do we feel the need to uh to hate on things that are uh targeted t- towards young women right? well that's like, definitely oh sorry no no, no. Yeah. uh it's definitely just something that i feel like uh our culture does a lot to uh tv and movies and i realize just me interrupting you, a woman, already. <laughs> it's like, oh man, uh, not a good way for me to make a point. I feel no, like I'm well please, actually please uh, or mansplaining. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, I I just uh, like I feel like we definitely do that with a lot with like TV movies where we kind of devalue it if we're just like we, like we very rarely are like, oh, that's a movie that's just for dudes. But a lot of times we will be like, oh, that's a movie for women. And like like the idea of chick flicks or rom coms or, or um, I don't know uh, just like like uh, like we immediately say that it's made for this specific audience whereas things that I feel like are are made for guys uh, or that would be the equivalent of things that are made for guys we often uh, don't do that to where we don't write it off because it's uh, because we think of it as like a like oh diehards just for dudes I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like the idea of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I think I, it's it's in yeah. in things that are that are often said are guilty pleasures are often things that are feminine. Uh, femi- yeah, you know, like yeah. like Kardashians and a lot of reality TV could be uh, really because especially it, it, another thing we can talk about later is the idea of how when we look at reality TV we think of them as characters even though they are real people. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. there are quote-unquote, more female characters in Keeping Up With Our Kardashians than there is, you know, uh, most content out there. Right, right. uh, Which is interesting, I think. Um, So one thing that, like, this made me think of is, like, um, a lot of it I might, I think of uh, putting down the, like, let's say, like, saying rom-coms are only for women, etc. It feels like it's the toxic masculinity culture of, like, discouraging guys from watching it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like a big part of it because yeah, I don't know. That's just my view as a guy. Is like I feel like when I've heard stuff like that put down, it's like it's for me not to watch it. Yeah, I definitely have gotten that feeling before where I'm like, where I almost feel like I don't know, I'm embarrassed if I enjoy this or something. But it is something to I don't know. I don't watch as much uh, reality TV, but I was hearing an example. I was hearing Mark Maron talk about Glow. And how that's how he would feel if he wasn't, like, on the show itself. And I was thinking, you know what? Uh, My feeling about Glow at first was like, oh, this is a girl show. And then I watched it and I was like, why did I... This is just a show. Yeah, yeah. and why do do we feel the need to to separate it like that in our minds? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I I do think it's interesting that that neither of you have really any experience with reality TV. Right, Um, yeah. Except for watching it with a girlfriend. 
Good point. Uh, well, hey, I watched Jersey Shore with some dudes. That's a very dude-heavy <laughs> It is a dude-heavy show. Such a dude show. <laughs> and I, I suppose and The Bachelorette is a dude-heavy show, too, if you want to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Although it's like, the, yeah, it's it's weird to think about who it's targeted to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still like, uh, when I decided, the only reason I actually started watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians yeah. is because I went to a wedding um, over the weekend, and um, uh, my uh, boyfriend was in the uh, the party, mm-hmm. and so he had to like go get ready and all that stuff, and I was just stuck by myself. Also, this was a family wedding, and I didn't know anyone in this family, so I was literally just oh. there by myself. <laughs> um, and so I was just flipping through the hotel TV, and I found Keeping Up with Kardashians. I was like, this is some fun nonsense I can watch, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop watching it. I just yeah. like couldn't look away. I even like accidentally was almost late for my shuttle to the wedding because I just, like, didn't want to turn it off. Um, and that's just... It's so interesting to me how captivating it is. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, also another tangent I've been thinking a lot about sure. is how yeah. uh, I was... Uh, what was on the TV was the most recent season, so it's sort of what's happening in their lives now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I sort of started from the beginning. Uh, also, side note, when I uh, decided to watch it, I made it, I like posted a sentence on Facebook that said uh, if I were to start watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, what season would I start? Yeah. And immediately, two men commented on it and were like, then I would have the right to unfriend you. Oh, uh, man. Or please, no, don't do that. And I was like, so are you... you care so it's, much, right? There's like an artistic yeah. gatekeeping going on. Yeah, no, and it's like, and it's like, why do you have uh, also, like, please unfriend me, like, whatever. Uh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really resisted in, in getting getting in a Facebook argument with these people, yeah. but it, it's just not worth it. But it's like, yeah, why are it's artistic gatekeeping is such a, a good way to put it. It's like, why do you feel like your interests are, you know, better than yeah. someone else's? Yeah. You know, it's like, whatever, you like Rick and Morty? Okay, because Rick and Morty is... is I don't think there's any... Because some people, if you think... Some people like to think of media as like it, this is this is a smart comedy or yeah. this is a dumb mm-hmm. comedy, yeah. but and, and I, you, I, I think that's an unhealthy way to yeah. look at. You assign worth to it because culture, like whatever, like the writers at the AV Club gave it an A, and you're like, okay, then this is good that I'm watching this, and because they give this other thing a, a, a C. Uh, I shouldn't enjoy it or something like that, or I should be ashamed of enjoying it. Yeah, uh, and like, that's kind of, I don't know, like you should uh, judge it on how you, on what, yeah, what you, you get feel, from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, not what other people get from it or how other people, I don't know. The concept of like guilty pleasures and yeah. stuff is really, I don't know, I feel it's, it's bothersome. It's, like, like, like a similar thing I've noticed is um, th- this has to, for, personally for me, is something I've seen is like uh, guitar gear, like, people, people get into really heated arguments about certain types of gear and how it sounds, and it's like, this sounds great, this sounds bad, and, um, I mean, it's so subjective, right? Like, I mean, that's like, any, any subculture. Any, yeah. I don't know. I just saw this, like, quick 20-second video on YouTube the other day. You guys know ProZD? That guy? Um, uh, he makes, like, short YouTube videos. I think okay. he's a yeah. former Vine star. Okay. Uh, but he had this thing. <laughs> R.I.P. Vine. Uh... Pour one out. Yeah. Uh, uh, he like made this quick video that was just like, uh, just like anytime you enter a new like a subreddit of something you're getting into, yeah. and it was just like him walking in, 
uh, with like a cup of water. He was like, I really like water. Like, what water should I be drinking? Uh-huh. And everyone was just like, well, I personally think that, you know, you have to have the unfiltered, like, tap water. Uh, and then it was like the pH balance and then uh, oh, like, yeah. what's, what's the best beginner's water? Yeah. Uh, and, and it was just like, I feel like any subculture is going to have this thing or just any... any. Well, well yes, but like like the, the point I'm making is that like some it's like people trash something without even hearing it or yeah. it's like they take somebody else's opinion uh, over over actually objectively or not objective but act- actually experiencing experiencing without that forming themselves. their own opinion yeah, yeah. yeah. i yeah I've that, been that's the thing that I'm yeah. gonna be honest. i mean like we especially don't all in have high school time, i was right? a douchebag <laughs> i mean we don't all have, all have the time to like watch everything and have a, yeah. like, a real opinion about everything but it's like when i don't like have to listen to something or haven't seen something, I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, uh, I heard this about from somebody else, but I'm not going to say that I hate it. Yeah. I just heard this and that. And, you know. So yeah, I would never present that as my own opinion just because like uh, somebody that I trust like has that opinion, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's uh, a good point in the idea that like, that's why so many people are so quick to judge the idea of the Kardashians because they're mm-hmm. so, they're such a cultural cornerstone. They're they're yeah. they're everywhere, and yeah. so uh, people tend to think that you know what are they giving to society? And it's like you know quality entertainment. <laughs> uh, you know yeah. what, whatever. It's yeah. uh, they're just marketing themselves in a different way than like say an actor. But I think being a TV personality is a very specific skill, yeah. and I think. Uh, that's sort of how America's Next Top Model ties into the idea of keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, Kardashians. <laughs> but, um, the best way to pronounce because, it. Because, uh, uh, no, <laughs> with, with America's Next Top Model, half the competition is having a good personality and being an yeah. interesting person to be with on set. Mm-hmm. And that's like half the reason why Tyra will eliminate people is she's uh, she's like, you take good pictures, but is the personality there? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the whole reason why Keeping Up with the Kardashians has gone on for 14 seasons. Uh, they just have that. Because they're, uh, they just found a way, and this might be the editors, but or a combination yeah. of uh, the production. Well, they probably the are house. in discussions with who they like best behind the scenes and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there's like, there's a reason that for example, uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians has gone on for 14 seasons, yeah. but um, Caitlyn Jenner had a sort of spinoff show mm-hmm. called I Am Kate, and it lasted one season because um, of its of the earlier seasons. It, it, it uh, Caitlyn is sort of like the straight personality mm-hmm. yeah. uh, within the show, uh, just with the rest of um, the Kardashians being like doing crazy stuff, and they just have to be like. Up and I have to deal with it. Um, you know, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, that's not like the basic like, you show. You know? Yeah, it's um, like making a spinoff of like I don't know How I Met Your Mother, but it's just uh, Josh Radner's character or something, or just Barney. Well, no, like he he's the reason people come to the show. I don't know. Yeah, he's, the, he's not the straight. Man. Oh, I see. I see. What uh, you're yeah, yeah. yeah. So I entirely on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was um, just trying to think of like a character yeah, yeah, yeah. where there's definitely a straight man, and you're just like trying to like I don't know. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, like our friends with just Ross. Yeah. 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 To be fair, Joey didn't work out great either. But, yeah, yeah. There were other <laughs> I did watch that for that yeah. too. Well, yeah, nobody yeah. did really. Um, but uh, I saw it on, on a plane once. Um, but I, it's just their brand is just so interesting. Yeah. To yeah. Me. Like, um, I, I mean, I partly liken this like non-acceptance or critique or criticism of them as like. It's a new form of entertainment, and all the old guard just doesn't like it because it's something new and they haven't seen it. They don't get it, right? It's like any new type of media or new type of music. Mm-hmm. It's like the old, the older generation is going to be like, that's crap. You know, it happened with rock and roll. It happened with metal. It happened with rap. And, and all these things have become, like, normal accepted, normally accepted now. And, like, I feel like, like, we'll look back and it's like, that was, like, genius, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think well, like how like a lot of like old pop songs are now seen as just like we now recognize them for like like a lot of a lot of the early Beatles stuff is just like oh we now recognize that as like oh that's uh, cultural touchstone and and you can't you you almost can't criticize it uh, but uh, I feel like also uh, the Kardashians and like reality TV in general works in such a way where even if you're criticizing it. Um, you're the fact that you're criticizing it, the fact that you're talking about it, that's part of their brand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You're, you're still interacting with it culturally. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, I, 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 before I started watching the show uh, last week, <laughs> I, uh, not that. Week long fan, Rebecca. <laughs> not that the Kardashians even need me to, uh, <laughs> To defend them, you know, they're doing pretty fine. Yeah. Give me some money, Kardashians. This is a plea, please. Um, You're doing such great advertising. Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, they like. They like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, they just. Uh, um, well, like, the after shows okay. and stuff, like, the things that make fun of them, or, like, even, I don't know, I love the Saturday Night Live sketch that's just uh, all the new shows on Bravo, including uh, the Kardashian show that's just watching Kanye West uh, duck out of frame. <laughs> uh, like, like I don't know, there's a culture of criticism where it's people just watch the things that are criticized, or yeah. not criticizing, but, like, lampooning. Uh, yes, oh, yes, I, I remember. I was, um, I was so resistant to even getting to to know the people or if there was ever like a Kardashian thing in the news. I was like, don't care. Yeah, yeah, don't right, want to right. know. Not a part of my culture. I don't need this. Uh, but I feel like I was missing out on a lot of fun. Cause that's like, that's what it is. You watch the show because it's, yeah. it's fun and there's value to that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, I don't know, but I feel like it's already kind of reductive. I was about to say, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare, but that's kind of like already kind of, once again, tossing it into, oh, the guilty right, pleasure yeah. pile. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. There's worth to There's worth to anything that people enjoy, and people shouldn't be ashamed of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like... Unless, it's hurting unless it's hurting someone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but arguably, the Kardashians aren't hurting anybody. In, uh, in season one, they they found a homeless man and uh, and and... Gave him some clothes. So, you know, I could argue that they're helping people. <laughs> they helped out that one homeless guy. Mm-hmm. And he's he's got clothes now. Yeah. Uh, and the, sorry. No, I was about to just say, uh, just go back to the, my weird question about seasons, but you said that's been going on for 14 seasons. Yes. It's not 14 years, right? <laughs> no, I think it, I think it is, because it starts, 
it starts, or maybe not exactly 14 years, but it started, it starts in the mid-2000s for okay. sure. And it's now 2018. Yeah. yeah so that so, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of, like, they just film for a couple of months and then take a couple of months off and film for a couple of months. Uh, so you, like, see Kylie Jenner grow up. Essentially, because she she starts off as a like a nine or a ten year old in the show, um, and she's now twenty or something. So yeah, now that I think about it, I do remember because like I've seen episodes of it in in the gym or something, Mm -hmm. and I definitely remember having seen episodes when I was beginning, and there were like little kids running around. I guess there's no little kids in that family anymore. Yeah, all adults. You know, I don't follow as much. Courtney has kids now. No, so there are little kids adjacent. to the family. But oh, that's that is something I was going to say, uh, like thirty minutes ago. Uh, was that um, in the in the newer seasons, um, they don't have problems <laughs> anymore. Oh. <laughs> um, they're just like sitting around on their phones, um, and so all the trauma is just gone. It's just yeah, there's oh, family. Well, that's yeah, heartwarming. They're just a, yeah, yeah, they like make weird problems for themselves. Like in the one of the episodes I watched in the hotel. Kim decides to look into people who put makeup on dead bodies, um, and that's her plot for the episode. <laughs> that actually sounds like a very interesting episode. <laughs> and then in one episode, Chris thinks that someone's poisoning her, um, and so she like sets a camera up in her house, and they like test. She like tests her water uh, and stuff, uh, and it's so just like nonsense, but like. I don't really want to watch this show now. It's, yeah. Those two plot points, you just, like, keyed into, like, <laughs> just, like, paranoid famous people and famous people who are into, like, morbid things. Yeah. That's fascinating. I love it. It's It was I so, it. yeah, it was so interesting. And then uh, going back and watching, like, the first season, they're probably, like, they're all working. Mm-hmm. They own a store. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. all, you know, are taking chips working in the store. And uh, it's before... Kim got like super super famous, yeah. um, so all their problems are semi relatable. And it was first marketed as a Bra- the Brady Bunch, but with a new twist. So all their branding is very like like fifties and sixties esque, and all their like uh, all their tags are like this whistly theme and stuff. It's it, it's so 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 strange, and yeah. like they have real problems, like their boyfriends mm. cheat on them and stuff, and. Now in the in the new day and age, they're all married yeah. and they have kids and stuff. And it's That's awesome. I kind of want to watch an episode from the first season and then watch an episode from the newest season and just I don't know. I mean, have that, like a weird despair. Like I don't know. That sounds. It's cool. funny because like it's like it feels like it actually has a very good narrative and like character art, despite it being like reality. I mean, yeah, it is yeah, reality. Yeah. 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 And so I'm like, that's nice. That's very like couldn't have written it better. You know. Yeah. Couldn't have written better than real life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's sort of my uh, wax poetic on on the Kardashians yeah. and why I think that they're they're interesting and there's value to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like if, if they yeah, if somebody's successful doing something, it's like you should figure out why rather than just criticizing, you know. Or yeah. if you yeah, if you have any dreams of doing they, similar things, you know. Yeah, they definitely key into some part of the human psyche. They they know how to, I don't know, 
manipulate sounds like uh like a like a dark word for it, but like they know how to manipulate a part of the human psyche to get them to be inter to get people to be interested in them. And there's value. Right, yeah. Not everybody that. can do that. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. And we've seen I don't know, not to get too political and edgy, but like we've seen that like reality TV like people we've a reality TV star as president for better or for Definitely for worse. Uh, uh, well, yeah. The point is they're able to manipulate people. Yeah. I'm not saying that I think that Chris Jenner should be our next president or anything, but, you know. But you are saying that uh, uh, Chris Jenner stay on the air. <laughs> is Kanye still running for 2020? Is that that's still happening? I don't know. I think now that he's come out with the red hat and everything, because originally I think he was going to be a Democrat. But I don't know. Maybe he's still running. Oh, yikes. I don't know. I don't want that either. (laughs) Are you sure? I feel like uh, Kanye presidency would just be... Just be peachy. Uh, This might be a hot take, but I feel like Kanye is not a good person. Mm. Not to be polarizing in my language, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know, so he's definitely somebody who, like, I'm very fascinated with as an artist, and I like... Like, I even, even now, I'm still... I'm still finding myself like like I'm listening to the new albums and stuff, but I, he's he's probably not a good person. I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be continuing to, to support. support him. Yeah, but I also feel like I don't know. Uh, he's kind of somebody who oh, I formulated this in my brain before, and I'm trying to. He's just somebody who's just like he's a weird cultural touchstone as like an artist. And I don't. I think he's like just disconnected from reality a little bit. Uh, and I. I don't know. I'm not looking for him. I'm not looking to him for like his political views, which I don't know. I think he's. I think at some point he's just trying to get a reaction, and that was what a lot of the Donald Trump stuff was. Which, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to come too much as like a Kanye defender. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there there is that whole argument about. Whether you should separate an artist from their beliefs, and I don't really, I don't really know. You, it's no, it's hard to find the line on that. Cause like, I mean, this is like the question of our times, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially because now we have so much access to like knowing what an art, what like who the person is. Yeah. Whereas, like back in the day, it was easy to not. It was easy to separate the art from the person because you didn't really know the person. But nowadays. Twitter and social media, I guess you kind of do know the person. But I, I feel like in that way it is important for artists to use the platform that they have to make a change. To yeah. be responsible. So yeah, to yeah. be responsible with their influence. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's that, but I feel like it, because that's something, uh, sorry mom, that my mom likes to say is she's very conservative and mm-hmm. Republican and she likes to be like, I want to watch this person for entertainment, or she she's very for like I can't believe we're talking about politics right now. Uh, she, she, <laughs> we can move on. Really yeah, quickly. yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. She was very like against the politics being involved in the Oscars and stuff, and I was like, okay, mom, okay. Well, on some level, like art is inherently political. I, I mean, art is inherently political. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the thing is like when it when it, when it's not political, that's because it's like already discriminatory, and that's like the like the existing politics. Is status quo, and it doesn't need to be doesn't need to stand out to already be discriminating. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's privilege in being apolitical. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't be apolitical without 
uh, without having a certain level of privilege, and that's something that, sorry, mom, that you, that a lot of, you know, white people with privilege don't really understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like I said, it was always, like, this is one example, is like, I think it's the, um, the Pulitzer Prize for Music had no jazz on it until, like, the 90s, right? And, like, and... When Did we they, discuss when, this last week? We, we might have, <laughs> we might have discussed this. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, change it. I'm just like, wait. We, we might have discussed it at some point, but yeah. it's like, this is, like, like the uniquely American uh, style of music for, like, years and for decades, right? Yeah. And, like, there are no artists that won the Pulitzer Prize for it until, like, very late. And until basically the person that, uh, I think it was Wynn Marsalis that won it, like, like he won it for something that was, like, way after, like, his prime, essentially. Yeah. And it's just, like, I mean, that, the fact that, so some people might say that giving him that prize was political, but it's, I would, it, it's, like, almost probably more accurate to say that not giving him the prize or not giving any jazz musicians the prize from, like, let's say the 50s all the way to the 90s is political in itself because, because like, like, how can you not, right? That is... In terms of like high art and music, that's probably where uh, it, it should go, you know. And instead, it's like these, um, it's contemporary classical composers that like most people would not have even heard of. If they don't have really cultural influence, right? Or yeah, like, uh, not not nearly on the same level. Just because the people who decided are just like, oh well, we like that, but they're not being challenged anymore, and art should, on some level, be challenging. Right, and and it's you know like it probably has a racial component to it too, you know, yeah. just like. Oh, it definitely, it definitely, yeah, yeah. Well, there's also the whole thing with the Oscars right now. With the, uh, I mean, they just shelved it. But the whole popular film category, uh, there were a lot of people who were angry about that because, like, it was gonna, like, uh, a lot of it was because the Oscars in general, with the Best Picture, and in general, they often uh, are ignoring a lot of films. But with the idea of the popular film category, was they, um, a lot of people were just saying that, like, oh, this is a category. So that, uh, like, films that reach a wider audience and often across, like, racial lines, because they were thinking, I think, of Black Panther specifically, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, could, like, uh, reach those lines. Except it would have come off more as a separate but equal category. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I don't think it would have, like, really reached as much challenging art. Like, I think, I don't know, I think, like, something that I feel like is not going to be recognized by the Oscars this year, but I think really should is sorry to bother you um which is definitely a very uh which like i feel like has as much more of like a statement and people are like really connecting with it and seeing it uh, have you guys seen sorry to bother you i haven't though <laughs> I, i'm just like tragically behind the movies oh, yeah, the, yeah the only movies i've seen recently are crazy rich asians and eighth I have, grade i haven't seen that in uh, i need to see movie. eighth grade and i i want to see crazy yeah. Rich. Yeah, it's not the, quite the priority but both very good but yeah, would yeah. would recommend um, the last movie i see i saw literally was black panther yeah oh whoa yeah. you're not even you're not even up to date on marvel films no Black Panther's on Netflix already, man. Oh, That's true. Really? I, I, did, I, did I saw it last night, yeah. I did wow. see it. In well, I didn't watch it last night. Yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm like deadly behind on on Marvel stuff. Yeah. Like the last Marvel movie I saw was like Avengers 
Like the first one? <laughs> the first one. Oh, wow. Oh, right. oh wow. I'm... I almost said Avengers 2, but then I thought, I don't know if I've seen Avengers 2. Wait, so have you seen Black Panther? No. Oh, man, it is really You can good. just watch like, it. Like, you don't need to see any, just... any preamble or anything. I'm just saying it's really good. Uh, and it, 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 is, it is very really it does good. Cross, yeah. It does cross. It's yeah. very crossover. So. I, I'm also very much a sucker for fucking... I'm obsessed with superhero movies and just comic books in general, which I... Yeah, uh, I was about to say, like, I always defend, I always feel the need to defend it, but we were just talking about guilty pleasures and how people shouldn't defend, right. but like, I don't know. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. If you, uh, <laughs> if you like superhero culture, go for it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a, everyone, I don't know, like, on, like, we're all watching it, except for you, apparently. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not, like, intentionally, I'm not, like, intentionally boycotting yeah. it, I, I just, I mean, uh, I, stopped having money to go to the movies <laughs> oh yeah mostly and then uh i don't think to to watch it when it comes out on netflix yeah. um, but i feel like there's the there's oh we don't have time to talk about it but the uh, <laughs> the sort of macro uh cinematic machine that is the marvel movies yeah, is, yeah. Can be problematic. No, oh, no, I have. I definitely not, have feelings about that. Yeah, where I'm like, yeah. I think this isn't the way the film industry should be going. But I'm still enjoying these yes. movies. Yeah, and it's there's, weird. It's, yeah, it's there's like, artistic value, and you yeah. shouldn't have to argue your enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I just like I don't want everybody to copy what they're yeah. doing, right? Like the, I don't. I don't want that. The capitalist also, machine. Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then there's also a weird part of me that's like. This is just like every annoying, uh, like twenty-something comic book nerd is just like, oh, but also I don't like what it's doing to the comic books because which I don't know, like it's dumb. But there are some things that I think are being great in the comic books where they're definitely uh, like recognizing new voices and stuff. But I just hate that the films fucking influence the comic books in a way that like. Like, it's backwards, because it used to be the comic books influence of... Sorry, I'm not going to get into this. You were... <laughs> no. You mentioned other things that you want to talk about were those... What was it? The, the story... The visual story video games? Oh, visual yeah. novels? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, sort of on the note of what you were saying, though, it uh, uh, about, like, comic books influencing movies and movies influencing comic books, uh, that that's... I feel like something that happens with the anime and manga, because it used to be manga that influences anime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's another, because I used to be into those, and I yeah, feel the same. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's a, just a similar idea. Do you have a specific one? Are you, like, you're into anime, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't watched anime in a while. Oh, but yeah. I, I would say it's uh, definitely a part of my past and uh, mm-hmm. general personality. Yeah. Um, my, my history with that is, like, I think the first time I really did anything like that was heavy anime was like not heavy and like not emotional content, but like just give, going a lot into it was was Pokemon because of the games, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah which yeah. were just like I just got addicted to them and played them. And funnily enough, I started watching like speedruns of of the of the Gen One games, which are funny and yeah. interesting, and just see how people optimize that. But so I watched the anime as well, and I think the only other one that was that I got largely into this was a manga actually was a uh, Rooney Kenshin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and then, I remember people being into yeah, it. Was yeah, it was good. Oh, and then randomly I watched like maybe I don't remember, I don't know how far I got into it in terms of like the overall arc, but I was weirdly into I Shield Twenty One, which is an oh, anime okay. about American football. I read Japanese a couple of chapters of the manga. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's just weird how they they conceptualize or they conceptualize 
American football for that audience too. I love there's like the whole culture of sports anime and manga. Like oh, I used yeah. to uh, when I was like into manga, I I bought a few of the graphic novels for um, Prince of Tennis, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly that. great. I don't care, and I don't care about tennis in the slightest. But like, oh. It's so it's so good. It's well, that, juicy. That's what all the sports animes do. There was the the swimming one that was really there's big for a while. There's a swimming one. Oh I mean, yeah, there's one for everything. Yeah, I no, doing? I forget what it's called, but there's this there. I I can't believe I forget what it's called. It was so uh, it was so big for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like shirtless anime dudes. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds then there, about right. Then there was the the ice skating one that was big recently. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember one time. I was waiting for the train. Um, it was freezing out. It was so cold. Um, and so I was waiting in the, the little train area with the heat for yeah. the train to come. And the guy sort of comes over and he like leans on the the railing and pulls out his laptop and starts writing fan fiction for the uh, for the ice skating anime. It's called Yuri something. I, okay, that's great. I love that there's fan fiction for everything. Yeah. And they're always super detailed. Like, oh, um, yeah. There's like big subcultures. Yeah, I just loved his dedication that it was, like, below freezing outside, and he just really needed to write it. He was inspired. <laughs> he was... You gotta capture I mean, he was cold. Spark, he was thinking about skating. He was thinking about skating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, I think... I think I feel like visual novel games are really uh, becoming a little bit more popular, especially because yeah. Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah, I... That looks so good. Would highly recommend. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little heightened. It's stories. It, uh, Can you say that one more time? Because I didn't catch it, actually. So. Oh, Detroit Become Human. Detroit Become Human. Uh, it's by the same people who made oh. uh, Beyond Two Souls and Heavy oh. Rain. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, which are both very... Uh, they're like... These aren't even like slice of life visual mm-hmm. novel games because they... Um, they they get so heightened, but the, the visuals are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I also just finished playing Life is Strange, which mm-hmm. um, it sort of takes the idea of slice of life and adds superpowers to it, which is really cool. Okay. So I would highly recommend that. I, like, bought during a sale, like, the first chapter or something of Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do chapters? Am I yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, it's, it's episodic, which is a really interesting way to release a video game. Well, Telltale Games, I know, does that. Because that's my main yeah. experience with Yeah, it's, it's mine as well. Yeah, Telltale. Yeah. Like, for me, it was Tales from the Borderlands. And you, but you played a ton of them, right? I played like, Walking The Dead. Walking Dead, the uh, first two, which I don't like the TV series at all. Yeah. But um, the fucking Telltale Games are just yeah. um, an emotional wreck, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And then uh, Wolf Among Us, which is based off the Fables comic book series, which is amazing, and everyone should read, uh, even if. Uh, the writer sometimes has problematic views about Israel. Um, there's there's one scene in the book that's a little weird, but everything else about it's great. Uh, um, uh, once again, separating art from the artist. Uh, maybe once again shouldn't be supporting that, but still, it's so fucking great. Um, uh, and then uh, I did the Game of Thrones one, which I was actually kind of disappointed by. Because like, I was like very emotionally invested in it, and then it just turned out that none of your choices did anything. Yeah. So, what, what exactly are, do the Telltale games? Uh, how are they? How are they played? Oh, yeah. so it's very much like a kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah. Um, sort of. You kind of like walk around, but like generally, it's um, it's a visual novel. 
okay. Uh, yeah, it's like um, you choose. Uh, from my experience, the tell like tales from the Borderlands is like you don't really you walk around a little bit and you can explore environment a little bit in like specific set mm-hmm. pieces, but mostly it's like dialogue choices. It's mm-hmm. like you have four dialogue choices. You pick one. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for me that was like interesting because like I, I realized it did, uh, my choices didn't affect the plot that much. But like I ended up writing. I think that's character. a common criticism of yeah. Telltale games. But it's the choice. It makes sure. it seem like the choices matter, and they don't. Which is uh, that, why I was angry at Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, like I see, I could see that. But like for for me, uh, when I realized that the plot didn't matter for Tales from the Borderlands, I was like, "That's cool. That's still cool because I still love mm-hmm. the plot." Yeah, and it was very tight. And then, like there was a few places that were like very cheesy, but I still liked it. And that, but. I, I felt like the characters were a reflection of, like, my writing, right? So I was, yeah. like, co-writing it as I was playing it, in a way. And you can obviously make different choices and, like, have the characters be a dick, be, like, very um, trusting or it, it, anything in between, right? So mm-hmm. and I think, that, uh, for me, that's where I found, like, like this is really cool. Like, this, this idea of co-writing the character aspect and leaving the plot to somebody else was really cool. Well, that's sort of um, what makes Life is Strange mm-hmm. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, uh, I don't know what you know about it, but... Uh, I know next to nothing yeah. other uh, as well. Good as well, is what I hear. Yes, it's um, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, and they really do find a beautiful way to merge um, sort of like enjoying the idea of adolescence mm-hmm. and also the world is a thing. Um, but... So basically, uh, with it, you you find this out in the first five minutes. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. But your your character gets uh, the power to rewind time, so uh, it's really effective wow. in a visual novel yeah. game because you get to choose um, choose uh, something, and if you don't like your choice, you can go back and, and change cool. it. Oh, that's um, cool. And yes. then, like, or if you learn different information from someone, you can go take that information to someone else and yeah. then, like unlock a different conversation. Oh. And that sort of thing, and your choices really do matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick, quick tangent on this: Have you ever played Braid before? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a puzzle game where the it's a puzzle platformer where the primary mechanic is like uh, you can rewind time, but it also you can there's like different effects too. Each world has a different effect on time. Like one world is like uh, you as you go along the x-axis as you walk straight, like time goes forward, and if you walk backwards, time goes backwards. So it's all about solving puzzles with that. So that just reminded me of that. So, anyways, uh, continue. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. I was just. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. I just, yeah. I just finished it, um, mm-hmm. and then they have a prologue mm-hmm. yeah. called "Before the Storm," which I think has the problem that you guys are talking about with the Telltale games, yeah. where like your choices almost don't really matter in that one because you're playing as a different character who doesn't have time rewind powers, yeah. um, and it was also made by a different developer. Um, well, that's always and, like, an issue with games. I feel. And the yeah. the themes were just so broad and weird they tried to like really heavy-handedly bring a lot of shakespeare in there mm-hmm. like um i don't know what you know about the tempest but that was like a play mm-hmm. they yeah. do at the yeah. school yeah and um uh it's just it's just too heavy-handed for me <laughs> yeah uh, it's just too yeah. too heightened in a way that's like not effective yeah, uh, I, I'm t- you guys don't know it, so there's no point in me like uh, no, it's not right. yeah. about it. But <laughs> it's that issue of I don't know. Like I feel like sometimes something gains traction, and then somebody else makes it, or the original often makes it too hastily, and yeah. then it's just kind of uh, like 
based a lot of times on people's reactions to the other thing, then it gets really heavy-handed. Yeah, like, yeah. this, is, this, this feels like always happens with, like, a change of ownership. No matter, like, could be, like, a literal company buyout or, like, you know, just handing the franchise to somebody else. Like, I think it's, like, I think it's, like, number one worry of all fans for yeah. anything, right? Well, I feel like in video games especially, you see that a lot where, yeah. uh, like, a series will be handled by a different company than originally. Like, I remember that being an issue... Okay, these are things that I don't have as much personal experience with because I'm not much of a heavy gamer. Mm-hmm. But I've like heard about it with like people complaining about Arkham Origins being made by a different company. Yeah, it was like the mechanics were worse, and then like uh, people complain a lot about like the Fallout games because right Bethesda. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, there was like an original company that made it. Yeah. It was more RPGs when that company made it. Yes, that's more action. I'm a big fan of an RPG, so like when I when an RPG game becomes a shooter, I feel it's right. So I like the story more than I like shooting people. Like I like shooting people. But I don't want I don't want shooting people to be that much of a challenge. Like I don't care about that being the central like challenge of the game. Yeah, I mostly just want to follow a character, having a life. You know? I've been playing a lot of Skyrim lately, guys. I'm having a life in it. It's great. Having a good life. Uh, no, actually. My character was having a very tragic life. He saved a village, uh, and, like, the village just got, like, a new orc chieftain, and then a uh, random encounter happened where a dragon attacked us immediately, <laughs> and almost everyone, including the new chieftain, died. And then I took along one of the survivors, and I was like, hey, do you want to be my companion? Some of this is me writing it in my head, because that's yeah. how I play video games. Yeah. And I was like, hey, do you want to join me on this adventure? And this person joined me on this adventure, but I was cursed with being a werewolf. And I randomly oh, no. turned into a werewolf, and then this Kill. person was nearby, and I accidentally swiped them, so they started fighting me. And I just trajectory of the game, I had to oh, kill them. Man. And I woke up from being a werewolf, and oh. I was just like, my character feels a lot of guilt, guys. Uh... Oh, feels man. a lot of guilt. And he's an orc, so it's like, oh, he did this to his own people. Uh, I could go in large depth with uh, the <laughs> meta-narrative I put into this game of Skyrim I've been playing. Uh, I have way too much fun with that game. As Even though I just complained about Bethesda. I don't know. Are there any other like visual novel games other than Life is Strange that you're obsessed with? Uh, or not obsessed with, but like, super into Well, uh, I've been waiting for Life is Strange 2 to come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I went through a phase of, I downloaded a lot of free visual novel games mm-hmm. on my phone, and those are all garbage. Oh. <laughs> um, except for, there's one called Mystic Messenger, yeah. um, which, if you don't know about Mystic Messenger, it's uh, like a group chat visual novel game. I swear I've seen ads for this on like yeah. other games I've been playing. And it kind of grips me just in the end. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I I spent literally, I don't know, 18 months to two years of my life wow. trying to 100% this game. Because it goes in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, and group chats open up. Um, and you have to, like, be awake at all hours because who knows oh, when... Yeah. It's a the Farmville situation. Oh. Group chat will show up and you have to talk to your friends. Yeah. Um, and based on like choices you make uh, and who you talk to the most, mm-hmm. um, uh, you'll go down different routes and like be this anime character's boyfriend and stuff. And it's very exciting. Uh, but it, the story was really gripping. Yeah. Um, and it's been out of my life for a couple of months now. 
Uh, Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but they they finally released like a final chapter that I'd been waiting for. Yep. And um, I like couldn't get the best ending for it. <gasps> it was like impossible. I don't know if it was a glitch or something. Yeah. But it's like. I wasted so much of my life, and I never found out what happened, so oh, it was no. such a bummer. I should probably, like, revisit it, but I don't know if I have, like, the mental energy to... Yeah, you might just YouTube the ending for it or something like that. I know it's not the it's same, It's not the same! Like, so it's not, not, it's not the same, but, like, if you don't have the energy to do it all, you might just have to accept the compromise of, like... Uh, just, I, I, get the, I, I get that, you know? I'll just like, never find out, but... Uh. Yeah, I played some game back when I was using Steam. I don't know the computer that really has that anymore. And it was very similar. Well, not, but like it was, you were like an AI in chat window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it would like move forward two years or something and your relationships with everyone would change. I don't know. Those games, like, I always just play them in one day and it's uh-huh. like I'm broken for the rest of the evening and then I forget <laughs> about them a week later. But I love those games. I was like, you, you get so emotionally invested. Oh yeah, for sure. Because, uh, like I said, Mystic Messenger happens in real time, and it happens over 11 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, like, get to know these people and these characters, and there's, like, how many characters? I think there's, like, seven total or something, and yeah. some of them are crazy, and I don't know. You get to fall in love with all of them, and it's beautiful. It kind of reminds me a little, like, wasn't there a movie somewhat recently that was just people talking on, like, Skype or something? I feel like that kind of reminds the, me. The, the Facebook movie? Something like that, Where yeah. it's, like, it's called, like, Searching or something, where this kid, this kid, this man's daughter goes missing, and the entire movie happens within his browser window. Yeah. So it's him, oh. like, like, making a video log and, like, talking to the police on the phone and, like, going through her Facebook friends and... I don't know anybody who's seen this movie, but I've yeah, seen I it. feel like it uh, wasn't a movie that like broke through the cultural zeitgeist, particular. <laughs> I yeah, I, uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's just, it, it's just something that I was thinking. <laughs> um, one, the the last I, I've only so I played um, like I said the Telltale uh, Tales from the Borderlands. I played uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh have yeah, you seen, have you heard about that? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Doki it's Doki weird. Literature Club. Uh, is too spooky for me. Yeah. Um, have you played? Have you played enough to know like yes. spookiness? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Too, too. Yeah. Too scary for me. But I, I understand that it's a lot of people's first uh, experience with the Tomy games. Okay. Um, yeah. Because that's that's sort of what that that style of yeah. visual novel I mean, game like, is. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. When I was playing game? it, I'm like. Um, don't, I think I talked to you about this Doki Doki. Okay, I do remember. Like I've heard heard of this before. It's a it's a free game, so like yeah, okay. go home and play it, and you can play it in an evening. Uh, yeah, and it's like, um, like the basic premise is um, you're trying to date one of three girls, or I think maybe four, maybe four. Um, it's it's and, and it gets weird. Okay, I've definitely like, seen I don't yeah. mean these like, weird dating games before, but no, no, yeah, but it just it doesn't get it does not get, actually good. Yeah, it not, gets I, weird, weird. It's not conventional. It's not like it's, it's not. not like, a, it's not a conventional Atomic game where you just like play to date the character uh-huh, and yeah. that's it. It's uh, it has a lot of fun twists. Uh, it explores some pretty like deep themes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in a you're in a literature club in a school. Mm-hmm. And you have to write like poems yes. to them. And stuff like that, and uh, and the for, words you pick determine like uh, which girl likes your 
Yeah, because they have, all have different like keywords and stuff yeah. that that if you read it in your poem, yeah. um, that they'll like you. And uh, for also for the record, uh, Doki Doki is like the sound of a heartbeat yeah. in Japan. Oh. So that's why it's called Doki Doki Literature Club because it's like love, love literature. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes like Japanese media will do that. Like there's that anime that's just like the sound of a motorcycle. It's called like Durun Run or something like that. <laughs> I started to watch a few episodes. Durara? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I started watching it once. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but it's um yeah it, it gets it's it's pretty dark and like the themes are like about mental health. Let's just say. Okay. All. And, but the weird, I'll, 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 I'll play. But the weirdness also goes beyond that. Yeah. All right, all right. Don't yeah. spoil yeah, don't it. Don't spoil it, man. Don't spoil it. Now, yeah. now he's expecting it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I I don't know what kind of twist this is going to be. It's, it's compelling. Say. It's compelling, yeah. yeah. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm already compelled. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, we passed an hour like eight minutes ago, so... Oh, you can definitely keep going. Um, let's see. Uh, you want to do the... Uh, oh, the uh, Steve Israel Memorial question? Steve Israel Memorial question, yeah. He's still uh, alive. Steve Israel's still alive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he knows that I use his name in this, but he's one of my favorite people. Uh, what's the... Uh, you don't have to, like... Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's the craziest thing you're willing to admit that you believe in? The craziest thing yeah. that I'm willing to admit yeah. that I believe in. Candidates include like conspiracy theories or supernatural phenomena. Yeah, uh, like like uh, what, what's an example? You, you, what did we should, mine is like that. There's um, a possibility of there's probably uh, uh, an infinite amount of universes or something, or like maybe we're in a similar. I think just like, like dumb shit. Like maybe that. a possibility. And I don't know. Like, a lot of things um, are just I like give it pretty low possibility, like percentage, maybe a tenth of a percent. But that's still a lot higher than like a normal scientist would give that. So, yeah. or like if you believe in ghosts or Bigfoot or I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's safe to say I, I've had weird encounters with ghosts before. Uh, like everybody in our family agrees that, well, not everybody. My dad doesn't think so. Um, mm-hmm. But that my dad's old house is haunted. Um, like if you uh, yeah. if you ask my stepbrothers, uh, they lived there for longer than I did because um, mm-hmm. they're younger than me. Um, but like we all like we all sat down and, and talked about it one one Christmas. We were like, so we've all experienced this, right? We and we all had yeah. separate terrifying ghost uh, corroborative yeah. evidence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your experience, if you don't mind me? Um, well, I dated a guy who claimed that the ghost, like, grabbed him at one point, um, oh, wow. although I'm skeptical of mm. him. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to freak you out or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, when I would use my phone at night, the screen would just, like, scroll by itself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, that didn't happen anywhere else? No. Yeah. And then uh, one time I was with, like, my brothers and uh, we were all upstairs. Uh, there was like a third floor media room area because um, rich people in the south, and uh, and we were we were all upstairs. We were the only people in the house, mm-hmm. 
and we had like some crackers and like a Coke on the couch, and we all went downstairs to go get something, and we came upstairs, and the Coke was like spilled over and like thrown across the room, and the crackers were all like spread out on the floor. This ghost hates wow. junk food. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those were my my personal like, experiences with that. And my sister, who we all think it's related to the third floor, it's my sister who lived on the third floor when she stayed there. Um, had a lot of like heard a lot of stuff yeah. and like saw some. Like, she has had the most interaction mm-hmm. with this entity or whatever. with this entity, yeah. yeah. And then Connor and Christian said that they had like this is not interesting, I guess. Um, but they they had like heard stuff from inside the closets a lot. They, this is like a year ago mm-hmm. that they told me this. It wasn't. Oh, wow. It wasn't like them being children right. and like being scared of their closets. And yeah. Stuff like that. But, yeah, that's probably the craziest thing. I don't think I believe in anything too crazy. Yeah. I mean, most people don't. Uh, that, so that's that, that's fair. Um, that that makes it sound like I'm saying like everyone believes in something crazy. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I read I, I read the whole Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory. Wait, what, what is that? that? What? What is that? I, I, wait, I've never. What? Wait. Yeah, no. that she was replaced. Um, oh, okay. I've not. She, yeah. yeah. What? What? Yeah. Well, like, there's a lot. Like, there's a similar one for Paul and Cartney. Wait, he was. Wait, that that's one. a very famous one. I don't know that one. That's a uh, Yellow Submarine. Is all about Paul McCartney dying. Uh... And, uh, like, he's been replaced for years by somebody who's just been going and trading off ideas. But, I don't know. Uh, What's the Avril Lavigne one? Yeah. Tell like, yeah. us more. Uh, I don't remember all the nitty-gritty details at this point, but it was just basically that she, um, that she died and she was replaced with, uh, with a double, uh, that's about that's it. That's about it. That's, yeah. No, yeah. that's like uh, the look, same exact as Paul McCartney. No, well, look at it. Look it up because the details are what's interesting, and I yeah, don't remember yeah. the details. But um, everyone, pause the podcast, Google Avril Lavigne double. Yeah, yeah, she has like a name, and people have like photos of of her, and it's it's interesting. And I I like almost believe it. I don't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, these yeah. things are like fun to believe. Or at least fun to entertain. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Do you think you believe the Paul McCartney one? Oh, not in the slightest. <laughs> uh, uh, which Paul McCartney jacked off with John Lennon? That's in the news. That's topical, right? Oh, I don't know. Man. I don't know. I've also seen a lot of Paul McCartney like interviews recently, and I've been realizing that I like don't know the Beatles as well as I thought, or like I know the. I don't know. I uh, like like because I just watched the Paul McCartney carpool karaoke thing, which was actually. Really good. I'm not always the biggest James Corden fan, but like it was really good and sweet. And then he was also on uh, Mark Marin recently, and I was just it was just cool to hear him talk about. You know what I just found out? This is gonna sound dumb. The Beatles were only a band for like a decade. I I don't know. I thought they broke up I mean, much later than they actually broke up. I mean, they were prolific as fuck. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought that they like broke up in the late seventies. They broke up before the seventies. I'm I'm an idiot. I don't know. My my plan for this week is to listen to like the major Beatles albums. I don't know because I've never actually, other than the White Album, I've never listened to a whole album. I need to do something like that. Something too. Yeah. You know, they're a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Sure. I don't listen to a lot of music. No. I know that's like a. Uh, 
thing that I say that to people that are like, what? No. But I, I listen to podcasts mostly. I literally have eight hours at work every day where I have headphones in, and that's all podcasts. And I feel like, like I, I try to force myself to, like, every week I try to listen to a full album because I love the experience of, like, listening uh, to an album and just, like, having some sort of, I don't know, uh, just experience with it. But, like, I don't know. I don't listen to enough music either. Uh, we say as we sit in Eco's apartment full, full of, of guitars. <laughs> literally full of uh, guitars and uh, music equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my music is very narrow. Like, or rather... I'd say it's more like very spotty. It's not as narrow anymore, mm-hmm. but it's just very spotty. There's just gaps and people like, I, I talk to people that, that just like rattle off artists and like, they've heard this album and that album. And I'm like, I have no idea where you're coming from. I, I like, I probably have like maybe 10% of what I know. Maybe 10% of the music that most people know. Probably. I just know it. Very I just like niche interests. I just know it very well. Right. Like I, and, you know, I know, I mean, I don't have, like I said, I'm not narrow anymore where it's like only metal, but, um, because I, you know, listen to funk, hip hop and all this other stuff too. Um, but it's like, I just don't go listening through whole albums and like exploring like all the various artists. That's like, I find a couple things I like, and then I kind of more like listen to them in detail because that's kind of more what helps me as a musician myself is like picking up on how they solved a certain problem or like what the instrumentation is or how they mixed it or something. So that's just kind of, I mean, yeah, I also didn't have the experience of like growing up and like my parents playing a bunch of music, which is, I think like what typically happens. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's me with music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's something like I've been trying recently to just like go through classic albums and especially like, cause I want to do that with the Beatles, Queen, David yep. Bowie and Talking Heads, where I kind of just go through at least their major albums, because I realize those are all bands that, like, when I'm in the mood to like really listen to music and like interact with it, I'm like, oh, this is really, this is really something. Especially because when I was younger, I fucking loved Queen. I yeah. had their greatest hits album, like a three disc era of it, um, but I never listened to like their albums individually. And I kind of love how people build an album. Right. Um, but also, yeah, I feel like we've been going on a while. Maybe we should start with plugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I don't sure. know. I know you've got somewhere to be eventually. We don't want to hold you up too much. It's, uh, we're at 7 o'clock. I'm just, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Do you have any plugs or anything? Yeah. Um, uh, every Sunday at 7 p.m. I do an improvised Dungeons & Dragons show. Cool. Uh, that so looks I, I'd, I'd yeah. recommend coming I to see it. Tickets, tickets are pay what you can. Yeah. So uh, literally, if you have a dollar and an hour, well, it, it's a ninety-minute show. Uh, uh, we do. It doesn't feel like ninety minutes, though. Um, I will say that because sometimes if an improv show is over fifty minutes, I'm like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love improv, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like because of the narrative and you're following the characters. Yeah. And if you, even if you don't know anything about D and D. Um, uh, we've worked really hard to make it accessible for everybody, yeah. um, but also have those like D and D elements really thrown in there. So if you love fantasy, you love D and D, um, you love the idea of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> come out. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, it's at Otherworld Theater at 7 p.m. Um, uh, Otherworld is, uh, what used to be the public house theater. Oh, so it's like, oh, right, I didn't realize they changed name. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, 
It's a new company that owns it. They do specifically fantasy and sci-fi uh, oh, cool. theatrical awesome. events. So um, I almost worked at Public House Theater once, mm-hmm. and I didn't. But that's Clark and Irving Park, right? Uh, yes, around there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Around there, it's like uh, kind of off the Sheridan Red Line. Um, and then also, I'm doing Girl Gang at IO at 10:30 uh, Thursday nights in September. Uh, but that's really all I got going on. Okay, awesome. Do you have a, a Twitter or anything that you also want to? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Shromcom. I think that's also my Twitter, but the last thing I tweeted uh, was maybe six months ago. No. <laughs> so it's yeah. fair if you maybe don't need people yeah. following. <laughs> yeah, so you can follow me if you need. Uh, where can you find more information about Improvised D&D and also Girl Gang? Um, you can find uh, more Improvised D&D information at Um Out on a Whim is uh, my team that produces that mm-hmm. show. We do yeah. we do more than just improvise D&D, but that's sort of our premiere yeah. thing right yeah. now. And uh, go to ioimprov.com and uh, find out more information about all things that IO provides, including Girl Game, which is a it's a great fun show that's been going on for a couple of years. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just to promote women in comedy, because we need that. Damn straight. Yeah. yeah. See, so um, you can find me at Eco.lu on Instagram. It's all weightlifting, so not very topical to this podcast. Want to see Eco get swole? Um, yeah, that's that's me. Also, Eco.lu on Facebook. Y i k e l u. Um, if you want to friend me, I probably won't add you unless I know you. Or, but, <laughs> but hey, if you if you listen to the podcast and I don't know you, drop drop that in there and I'll friend you. Um, and I'm just as always at First Place Burger Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I was going to say, don't fucking friend me on Facebook, but like, you know what? Uh, if you listen to this, yeah, why not? We probably like reach a fairly small audience. I feel like, why not? We're <laughs> friends. If you're hearing me talk, we're friends. Uh, yeah, friend me on Facebook. Uh, at my name. Um, <laughs> you know it now. It's written in the episode description. Um, yeah. And I think that that's it, guys. That wraps yeah. it, yeah. Uh, for XYZ. This uh, has been Eco. This has been Zach, and this has been... Rebecca. Hell yeah. Uh, Catch you later. Bye.